started all the way back in the beginning with God is faithful, and I'm not going to review all of those things that we've talked about. If you're new and haven't been around, you can go to victorylafayette.org. You can hop on there, check out our media page. You can see all the messages. If you're here and you go here all the time, get them downloaded on your iPod. You can send them as links to your friends. If you've had something that you know somebody needed to hear, you know, the men's message that we had last month, or, you know, maybe it's the men's message this week, or the ladies' message, or Pastor Pam's message, or, you know, Corey's um, offering message or whatever, whatever that might be. You can get on there, find it, and you can email it, send it to people. Use the tools that God has created in the earth to pass the word along. You know, uh, it, it's important that you become, uh, you don't have to become completely, so completely computer literate that, that you can't do anything else, but you need to be able to operate in that realm because it's a, it's a tool that God has created for us. Now, the enemy takes those things, and he, you know, he turns them around and makes all, you know, like, not all that stuff. But you can take that tool, then you can do great things. You can reach the world from your computer screen at home. You know, Corey's, we've got some Google Analytics on our website, and you can see where. I can't see your house, but I can see where you are when you log on. We can see what you do when you log on. You know, how many pages you go to, how many pages you don't go to. Not you individual, but, you know, like 16 people in Lafayette or, you know, 42 people in Coweta, Oklahoma, you know, got online that day and, you know, they found out what was going on. So, you know, all those things exist so that we can be better ministers of the gospel. And the last part of this message is about the power of the Holy Spirit. And really, the things that we've talked about, the previous things, Jesus is the answer and all of those, that, that is all possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The blood of Christ paved the way and made the way for us to have relationship and right standing with God, to be part of his family. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that does the operation and does the work in our lives. And we said last week that from the very beginning in Genesis 1-2, the Holy Spirit was there hovering over the waters, hovering over the earth as God created the earth. That the earth was created from Hebrews 11.3, it says, was created from things that didn't exist. I mean, those things weren't even around. It wasn't like he took sand and molded the earth. It basically was spoken, and then the Holy Spirit created it. And that the Holy Spirit is the uh, executive arm of the Trinity. It's the arm that goes and does. It's the arm that goes and makes. It's the arm that goes and creates. It brings, in our place, when we talked last week, it brings life, and the Holy Spirit creates. Those were the two things. Today we talk a little bit about the fact that the Holy Spirit imparts, reveals, speaks. That's one thing because that's leading the believer in the places and the things in which we go and do. And then the other thing is the Holy Spirit empowers us to be all that God called us and created us to be. In Mark, you know, it says that if we speak to the mountain, that God spoke things that were not as if they were. When he talked to Abram, Abram didn't have any kids, was very old and didn't have a chance, but he called him the father of many nations. Abraham believed him. God told him to change his name to Abraham. Which, so now all of a sudden he's got to, really got to, this, I mean, this is rubber meat in the road. Now I've got to go out in front of people and tell them that this is who I am, that this is what God said. But God calls those things that aren't as if they were, and as Abraham got in line with that word, the Holy Spirit that creates began to create that thing in his body, create that thing in his wife's body, and then Isaac came forth. Now, we have the same duty. It says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4 that since we have the same spirit of faith, then we should also believe and speak. So we should be speaking those things that are not as if they are. And that's why it says in Mark in chapter 11 that we can speak to the mountain. It says if you believe in your heart that you do not doubt, you will have those things. And then if you go to John and 1 John, it says that we need to ask according to his will. The Holy Spirit works and creates by the word of God and the will of God. 
As God speaks his word forth, the Holy Spirit creates it. In your life, it's the same thing. The Holy Spirit, basically, if you can picture this, is hovering there. Now, he's alive on the inside of us. We know that, that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But he's hovering there waiting to see what we're going to say. And as we speak the word of God and we speak the will of God for our life, then he goes into action and it begins to create in our lives. Well, it didn't happen today. I said it and it didn't happen today. Well, Abraham got in line with God's word and it took him almost 30 years to have Isaac. Now, why did I don't know why it took that long. We said that last time. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit did the job and did the work. And in your life, if you'll continue to speak according to the word of God and the will of God, you need to know the word. You need to know what this thing says about you, your situations and your circumstances. You need to know what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. That's why we say write those things down so that when you're not sure what to speak, you've got the word here and you've got the Holy Spirit's word right here. You begin to take those things. You begin to speak them into existence. The creative force of the power, the creative power of the Holy Spirit goes into existence. He brings life. He regenerates. He renews. We talked about that in Titus. That's part of what the Holy Spirit does. Called the spirit of life in Romans 8 two. The spirit of life. It brings freedom to the believer. That's how you can be born again. Nicodemus said, I got no clue how we can be born again in John chapter three. Because Jesus said, unless man is born, not just of water, but of the spirit. And he didn't understand that. Well, how can that happen? Because the spirit of life turns on a switch on the inside of you. When you, when you cry out and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you as my Lord. I need you as my savior. I need you in my life. The Holy spirit goes in to operation. Because you're speaking the word and the will of God for you in your life. Now we talked this week about the fact that the Holy Spirit imparts. See, he's not just somebody who's just out there doing things for you. He's also the communicative tool here as God begins to speak to the believer. That God uses his word. But he also speaks to us and leads us and guides us and imparts to us by the Holy Spirit. The word impart means, I think it's on your thing, says to, to make known, to tell, to relate, or disclose. If you look in James in chapter 1, it says that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And the God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. See, if you ask for wisdom, it says he'll give to you. Now, how does he do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the creative force. He's the one that gets the job done as God begins to speak. And we'll see here as we go on in these few passages here that that the part of the Holy Spirit's job in John 16, 13 is to tell us things to come. See, it says he'll give to us liberally and without reproach. He's the communication pipeline from God's throne room from his mouth to our hearts. I don't have time to get into determining divine direction and the three ways that the Holy Spirit speaks and leads and guides you, but that's in VBI. You can get the DVDs. You can check it out. You can find out what's going on there. But, you know, you, your spirit man has a voice. There's the voice, the, the authoritative voice, the real voice, audible voice of the Holy Spirit, which rarely happens. But he leads most believers, and he leads us most often by the still small voice on the inside of your heart. That's very quiet and very peaceful. Sometimes it's just that feeling that says, I don't know why, but this is the right thing to do. Other times it says, stop! Sometimes it says, stop. Stop, don't do that. But I don't know why! Just stop. There's peace when you're led by the Holy Spirit. There's peace. But it says in John 16, 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of what? Truth. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of life and he's the spirit of truth. Everything that the Holy Spirit tells you will line up with the Word of God. As He leads you and as He guides you, the Holy Spirit will not tell you something that contradicts the Word of God. Some people have come up and said, yeah, the Holy Spirit's telling me to do this. Mm, I don't know. 
Now, I can't tell you what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, but I can tell you if it bears witness with my spirit, but I can also tell you if it lines up with the Word of God. Because it says in 2 Corinthians, and we'll get there in a second, that only, your, only you know in your heart what you're thinking. And the Spirit of God speaks to you. But it says in John 16, 13, that the Spirit of truth, and He has come now, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will what? He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is a communicator, and He'll speak to you, and He'll tell you things to come. But you have to allow God to impart to you. You have to allow God to, to lead you and speak to you and reveal those things. Many times I think we're so busy trying to get things done, get stuff taken care of, that we forget to listen. We think, well, I didn't find anything in the Word today. I didn't hear anything, you know, worship, so I'm out the door. Man, I'm going to go figure it all out. Well, if you'll give God just an opportunity to get quiet, that's why I always say you've got two ears and one mouth. In your quiet time, listen twice as much as you speak and write those things down that God promises you because it says that He's not just making things up. It says the Holy Spirit speaks to us and He tells us things to come. He speaks the truth. He speaks from the mouth of God and He tells us those things to come and we need to listen and to heed what the Holy Spirit is speaking. In Acts, in chapter 27, in verse 10. You know, this is Paul, and he's getting ready to head to Rome, and, he, and he's not necessarily, you would call it, a free man. I mean, he's, he's actually being taken to Rome. So, but uh, he's all willing to go because he knows that's the story, and that's the way that it ends up. But if you read in verse 9, it says, Now when much time had been spent, and the sailing was dangerous now because the feast was already, the time was too late, and the waters now were rough, basically. You don't sail this time of the year. And then it goes on, and Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster, and that much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. And he spoke to them, and he said, I perceive. Well, how do you perceive something? He sensed something in his spirit that God was speaking to him and showing him what? Something that was to come. In your life, God speaks to you no different than he did Paul. And we think, well, you know, I mean, Paul's pretty, you know, I mean, this is a pretty big deal. And, and he, you know, he wrote all these books. And, and uh, I, yeah, but you are alive unto God just as he was. And you have the Holy Spirit alive on the inside of you just as he does. And so if the Holy Spirit speaks to him in this situation, I think he'll speak to you in your situation. That he imparts, that he reveals, and that he speaks to the believer today and then if you read on in the story and as it goes a little bit farther they start to see the things that paul had told them they start to see things start to break up and they start to see things get bad and how many of you know you start listening a little bit more <laughs> when things get ugly when you're standing there and everything looks all right you think nah it's all right we can do it get on board but then when you get out there and you begin to see the things, and this guy has already said, hey, I'm just telling you, you know my history, you know who I am, you know the things that I've done. He didn't say this, but I'm sure they all knew this. See, they knew that, that he, he had done some things. They, they knew that he had been with, with, with uh, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they know that, that he, had, he had saved people. People are saved, they're healed. They're all these things have happened, and they know that this guy's he's part of this. And so now he said something to them, and now they're starting to see this happen. I'm not saying you need to go around and start telling your boss that things are going downhill. And this is a, don't go around and just be the proclaimer of all those things. God will use, those, use you to do those things, but he's going to speak to you and through you. And most often, more often than not, the things that God speaks to me are for me. Rarely has he said to me, okay, go tell this person something. Many times what you're hearing maybe and what you're sensing in your spirit is God telling you something. And many times I don't like that, so I turn it into somebody else. I'll go tell Corey what God's saying. 
But these guys started to listen. If you read in verse 21, it says, but, but after a long absence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me, and you should not have sailed from Crete. He said, now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying to me, speaking to me, do not be afraid, Paul. You must, have, you must be brought before Caesar. He told him this is going to happen. Therefore, in verse 25, it says, Take heart, for I believe that God will be there, and this will be, it'll be taken care of. But however, we must run aground on this certain island. Well, now they're starting to listen because things are getting ugly, and now he has a word that says we're going to make it. God will always speak to you. He'll always lead you, and he'll always guide you if you allow him to. And it even gets cuter because at the end, then they all start to bail out. But Paul said, hey, 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 I'm just telling you right now, if you want this thing to happen the right way, nobody can leave the ship. These dudes were getting ready to jump in the, in the little boats and get off the thing, and it was getting ugly, and they thought, man, I'm out of here. And the guys who really figured it out, man, as soon as he said, you better not let them go, they just whoosh, cut all the ropes, and the boats all fell off to the side. We got you now, chief. What are we doing? And you may have been in a situation like that where you weren't necessarily listening to God, but you got in the middle of a situation, then he began to speak to you, and you were listening a little bit more closely than you were previously. And in those places, God will begin to speak to you, but you have to be obedient to what he says. You have to listen. In this place, if they wouldn't have cut those ships off, what might have happened? I don't know, but Paul said, hey, there's going to be some bad things that go down if you let these guys get off the ships. You can't just take this much of what God says and this piece of what God says and that piece of what God says and try to make up your own thing. The whole deal goes together. Go back in your prayer journal. Go back five years and then begin to turn the page and begin to read those things and see how maybe it sounded like it was outlandish, but six pages down or six months later or two years later down the road, you see all the steps that had to come in place for that thing to happen in your life. And if you wouldn't have followed those things, now I'm looking at the things and the places where I, you know, you've done well, we've listened and we've, you know, we've seen God come. You begin to see the story unfold and you think, wow, but see, that's a day-by-day process, God speaking to us things and us being obedient to what he said. As he reveals, as he imparts, and as he speaks to the believer, we have to listen. Because divine revelation and divine truth is given from the spirit of truth and from God. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, you know, it's the, it's the story where, where, where Jesus was actually talking. And, and he said, you know, in verse 13, it says, when Jesus came to the region, he said, who do men say that I am? Some say, they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said, who, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered to him and, and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. The revelation and the truth. And then he goes on and tells him that's what he's going to build his rock, his house. I mean, all that. But, but it was the idea that God has spoke that thing. That he didn't know that because he was with Jesus. He knew that in his heart because the power of the Holy Spirit spoke that to him and showed him that. That his father revealed that to him. And you think, well, I can't do any of that. I, can, I mean, I'm just me. I, can, I don't know that I could, you know, speak to somebody. I don't know that I could, I could really stand. I don't know if I can, I can actually do the things that God's telling me in this little prayer journal. You, you keep telling me to write things down, and I write things down. But, I, I, I mean, it just doesn't seem like any of this could ever happen. If you'll trust God, it will happen because the Holy Spirit will begin to fill your life and he'll begin to, to manipulate and he'll begin to make a way and he'll begin to open a door. And then he'll begin to he'll fill you with wisdom. He'll fill you with knowledge. He'll fill you with little pieces. He'll fill you with little parts. And, and all of those things, see, they mix with who you are. 
In, in who you are, you think, well, you know, I'm somewhat gifted in that area, but I really know I can't, I can't even come close to doing that. But the Holy Spirit somehow, some way begins to do that. In Exodus in chapter 31, look here with me real quick because this is important. And I really trust that this was, this was just God just showing me this because I believe this is true. I, I believe that with the gifts and the talents that God's given you, you can get so far. I believe that you can go out there and you can fight it and you can work at it and you can do things and, and you can make somewhat of a way. But you'll never, ever go to where God wants you to go. You'll never come close to being all God wants you to be if you don't allow the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to fill in the blanks and connect the chains and the links and do all those kind of things. And it says here, and I have, and I have this is God speaking to Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses and he said in verse 3, he said, I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting and carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, indeed, I have appointed him in, in, of this tribe of Dan, and I will put wisdom in the hearts of the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have committed. See, they're gifted artisans. They're already gifted in this talent. They're gifted with this ability, but it says that he's going, God is going to fill them with wisdom and with understanding so that they can do all the, because Moses said, hey, hey, how are we going to do this? You've given us a plan for a tabernacle and all of this stuff and everything's dipped in gold and silver and there's jewels and there's colored beads and there's all these things and there's these woven tapestries and there's these, the, the, the mercy seat and the, all, all of that. How, how are we going to do all of this stuff and how is it going to work? See, and you may be telling God the same thing. You may be saying in your life, I, I don't know how all this is going to work. I've got all these journals that, like this one I wrote in for three weeks and I threw it in the trash and I dug it back out because you said to and I, I haven't touched it lately. And you now this one I tried to do it, but it started going that direction too and I couldn't figure out how it was going to work. And you know what? This one over here, I just, I just draw pictures in it because I, you know, I, I can't figure out what's going to happen and I know. But you know what, God, when you speak to me, when you tell me things, something on the inside of me kind of stirs, and I, I kind of feel like that's you. I feel like that's what you have for me, but I don't see any way it's possible that this could happen. Well, God would say to you today, he's about to fill you with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding, in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, so that you can do what he created you to do. You probably think, if I just had a different job, if I just had a different mate, if I just had a different situation, I'd be okay. Nope. Don't go searching. That isn't the answer. Allow God to fill you with wisdom. Allow God to fill you with knowledge. Allow the Spirit of God to work on the inside of you so that you may make and do and be all that God has commanded you. See, if you allow the Holy Spirit to do that, this is part of what He does. He brings wisdom. He brings knowledge. He imparts those things to you. That's how you can do the things that you can't see yourself doing by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And then the last thing that we wanted to share as we went on through this, because the power of the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit of God is the one that empowers you to do this. I mean, these guys were all here. They were all gifted. And they had all of that kind of, they had all the talent to do it. But they had to have the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge. God had to fill them with that so that they could accomplish the task. And it's no different for you than it is for me. If you can do it in your own strength, then it's not probably God. If you can do it in your own strength, it's probably not worth doing. (laughs) 
Now, I mean, you got to do stuff. You got to go to the grocery. But, you know, I mean, if you if you've got a goal, if you've got a vision, if you've written something down that you see a way in six months or eight months or a year and a half that you can do it in your own strength without relying on God, then you haven't written down something big enough. On Saturday, as we talk about vision, that's the deal, man. If, you, if what you've written down is your vision, if what you've written down is your dream, is what you feel in your heart is something that some way, somehow, you can accomplish, if you're just given enough time and all those kind of things, then that's not, that's not big enough. Because the things that God calls you to do, you have to rely on Him. It's dunamis power. See, it says in, 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 in Luke, in chapter 24, it says that, that, that it's the last day and it's the opportunity, it's the great commission and the fact that we all know the truth. But then what we have to do is get this truth from where we are into the world, into the lives of the people who don't know the truth. Basically, cut and dried, that's the job of the believer. God has different ways, different things, and he uses you in different ways than maybe he uses me. But, but cut and dried, the last part of it is you look, it says, you know the truth, you've been a witness to all these things, and so now the responsibility relies on you to go out, and he's talking to his disciples, but we're his disciples now in this New Testament church. And so he says, I've given it to you, now you've got to go out there, and you've got to be the one who speaks. You've got to be the one who lays hands. You've got to be the one who talks. And you've got to be the one who shares. And you've got to be the one who's knocking down the doors and breaking off the chains and throwing open the gates and doing all you. Spread the truth that you know and you have witnessed to the people who are in this world. And Jesus said, and I'll tell you how you're going to do it. Hang out here. When I get home, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to fill you with power. And it's that power to witness, that power to minister, that power to be all that God called you to be. That's what's going to fill your life. That's what's going to make the difference. That's what's going to change you. And it's, I mean, it says, you know, you can go to Acts in, in chapter 1, verse 8. It says, you'll be a witness for him. I think sometimes we're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, you ain't got a choice. If you want to live a, ha- a happy, joy, peace-filled life, You've got to be a person who's ministering the gospel. You have to be a person who's out. That's part of our responsibility, folks. It's not just about saying, you know what, I'm just going to be a giver in the offering. That's fine. Be a giver. The Word says be a giver. The Word says plant seed. The Word says do all of that. But the Word also says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. It says, but you shall receive power, that dunamis power. On the, see, the dunamis power on the inside of Jesus resulted in dramatic transformations in people's lives. It's the same dunamis power that resided on, in him on this earth that resides on you today. That same power that absolutely metamorphosized some, somebody's life, changed them, transformed them completely. Blind eyes open, deaf ears open. Spirits cast out by a word and by a... See, those, those, that same spirit that's in Jesus that did that power that's on the inside of him resides on... It has, you have the opportunity to reside on the inside of each one of you, but you have to ask to receive that power. See, it says... I mean, it says that the Holy Spirit is going to be here. He's going to give you... He's going to receive the Holy Spirit with power so that, that you will be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then in, in chapter 2, it says they're all sitting in one place in one accord. Now they've got all their interest is piqued. I mean, now they're thinking, okay, well, if I'm supposed to do this and I need help. See, they said like, hey, 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 okay. He said, to do, these guys were with Jesus. They've already been out there and tried to do a few things on their own and had to come back to him and say, hey, hey why didn't that happen? I mean, they've, they've had the good and they've had the rough. And now Jesus has given them like the check mark of the last part of the story and said, I'll tell you what, if you'll follow, the, if you'll listen to this, if you'll sit here and receive this power, it will change your life. And they said, okay, 
<laughs> I'm not going anywhere. They went about the business. It said they were picking out another disciple. I mean, they were doing the things that they needed to do. But it says in chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly, suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a, a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting and then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one set upon each one of them. And they were all filled with what? The Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All of a sudden, boom, they're filled with power. Now, all of a sudden, now they see. And what happens? Peter gets up and says, holy cow, what's going on? Everybody wants to tell him that they're drunk and all those things are happening. And he got up and said, let me tell you something. See, here's the thing. The believer that is filled with that power, you'll begin to speak boldly. You'll begin to say stuff because you can't help it. I mean, you're filled with power. I mean, you're like this king. I mean, you're sitting here. You're full. I mean, this thing is like dynamite getting ready to go off. No, it's not going to like shoot off to the ceiling and you're not going to be able to ride it or anything. But, but there, the contents are here to make a, a real, real demonstration of power i suppose i was going to say a mess but you know that's true too <laughs> maybe you know some believers who have made a mess of those kind of things but see what happened peter got up and he he said hey hey let me, no 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 that's this is not what you think this is what was prophesied by joel and he began to speak and he began to proclaim and he talked about the prophecy and then he began to speak words that cut right to the heart of the people who were there and it says, if you go back down, they actually cried out, then what do we need to do to be saved? What, what do we need to do? I mean, they're jumping in the boat at this point. And all he is is just like this little thing that's just been filled up. And all of a sudden, he's just like, oh, my goodness, I got to. See, and there's been places and there's been times in your life where you felt like that. Where you felt like, I, 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 I got to. And then you just, you walked out. And he didn't say it. And then you're just like, you I mean, there's like nothing happened. I mean, they're like, you're like dropping the string saying, okay, anyway, let's move on. And you're like, no, 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 I want to see the, I want to see the pop come out. I mean, that's what happens. The pop, yeah, well, you know, see how many times we, we frustrate, you know, we, we, we frustrate ourselves because we're not obedient and we don't speak. And, you know, like Peter, he could have said, yeah, let's, let's just go someplace else. But how, see, how many people you read on that? 3,000 people got saved that day. And the church was dramatically started and changed. And boom, off it went. See, and in your life, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Like the power of God, it's on the inside of you now. And all you have to do is just pull the string. And off you go. I mean, that's all you have to do. And that, I mean, that's not, a, you know, we could use the two liter and we could shoot it through the ceiling, but it's, it's not going to be pretty. But, but you, you have to realize that power is on the inside of you. All you have to do is unloose. All you have to do is let go. All you have to do is open up. And then God takes those. See, the pop is not going to explode and the mentos are not going to get there. Nothing is going to happen with that. It can sit here till the end of time and nothing is going to happen there unless somebody does something. But if somebody, that's you, that's me. If somebody will do something, then that will happen. 
Somebody, see the Holy Spirit, he empowers you to witness and he empowers you to serve. And if you turn the page from chapter two to chapter three, then it's Peter and John at the gate. And the young man is sitting there and he's begging for, see, he did, they said that I don't have what you need. I, I don't have any silver and gold. I, it says silver and gold. It's not such that the, I, I'm going to give you what I do. Give them what you got. Don't worry about what you're not. See, don't worry about what's missing. Give them what you have. He said, fix your eyes up here on us. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but such that I do have, I give to you in the name of Christ Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Took him by the right hand and picked him up and off he went. Hopping and leaping and skipping and jumping and everybody was freaking out. Why? Because the power of God showed up on the scene and changed somebody's life and they did not have what it took to do that. They, they weren't neurosurgeons. I mean, they were just folks like me and you. And if you turn the page, it says they were uneducated. See, persecution came and the people like started freaking out. So they took them and they like, they kind of kept them like captive, like kind of took them to jail and said, you know what? Here's the deal, fellas. You know what? You really probably shouldn't be talking about Jesus. And don't be healing people. But they said, if you look in verse 13, it says, now when they saw the boldness that Peter and John had and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, well, how many of us are uneducated and untrained? That's most of us. I mean, we may think we're pretty smart, but really, come on. You know, I mean, we're just getting by. Just trying to, because why? Because God's teaching us. He's telling us things to come. He's showing us all these things. These are dudes who've been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? See, you may be untrained. You may be uneducated for what God's asking you to do and showing you to go out there and just do what he asks you. Be obedient, pull the string, and see what God does. But you got to be the one, really, truly, who is bold. See, he said that, that they had boldness. And it said they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. And then they went back and said, you know what? Um, you probably don't need to talk so much about Jesus. It'd be really good if you're just kind of quiet. But then it says, Peter, they, they said, Why, we can't listen to you. In, in verse 19, it says, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, I, you'd figure that out. I'm not listening to what you're saying. I'm listening to what God's saying. And he says in verse 20, for we cannot help but speak the things which we have heard. He said, we can't help but What have you seen? What have you heard? Can you not help but speak that thing? See, because if you begin to do, see, that is putting you out there. I mean, you've got to get out there. But if you'll get out there, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, will. I mean, it just absolutely makes a difference. Now, this guy's got to go back and get filled back up because that is not very good pop. I'll tell you, I drank a couple of them yesterday when we were practicing. And that, you know, you, then you've got to go back and get filled back up. But man, go out there and let it loose. Let it rip. Jesus healed everybody. Then he went off, got quiet and prayed some more. Then he went out and did the same thing again. We have to be like that. But if you go back here and you read, it says, now, look, they came back. They said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get real quiet. We're not going to tell anybody. We're going to take this thing underground. And if uh, you know anybody that needs healing, have them come over here and knock three times on this door, and we'll quietly open it up. And, uh, you know, we'll throw a little dust on them and kind of pray for them. Shh, don't tell anybody, though. We're going to make it real quiet. See, the church has gone off and decided, you know what we'll do? We just won't bother anybody. 
We'll come over here and we'll just be real quiet. We'll try to do what we do inside. Don't do it inside the four walls. I mean, do it inside the four walls. Don't, don't just leave it inside the four walls of the church. This isn't China. Nobody's going to persecute you and kill you and, and send you to, to jail for speaking the word. Now, you may be persecuted, but you're not going to be killed and put in jail for speaking the word of God outside in those streets right now. We don't have to have tambourines with strings on them to pretend like it's making music like they do. I mean, we don't have to have an underground church. God didn't intend for this church to be an underground church. Don't hide your light. What's it say? Under the bushel basket. It says what? Put it up on a lampstand so everybody can see it. Do people know you're a Christian? Do they know that you're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and that you can change lives as God leads, guides, and directs you? That you have the power residing on the inside of you, that God works through you in that way to knock off the chains and to open up doors and do all those? Do people know that about you? Do your neighbors know that you are just absolutely a house on fire for God? See, it says that's who we're supposed to be. Kind of meddling now. It's getting a little rough. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I just want you. I just. I just want you to live the best life that God has ever created you for. That's. I mean. I, I just want to see. And I, I know in my. I mean, this has got to be like this, or it doesn't go that way. Otherwise, it's mediocre. Otherwise, it gets a little boring. Otherwise, uh, Thursdays the same as Saturdays, the same as Mondays. This, everything kind of just goes to be the same. But they didn't do that. It says, they came back. In verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look on their hearts and grant your servants that we with all boldness may speak your word. With all boldness we may speak your word. And here's the deal in 31. Then we're going to see this video real quick because this is important. See, that you got to understand what happens when you begin to speak with boldness. It says here, that, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Here's the deal. The whole, the, I mean, he wants to take you and just light a fire and just send you out into orbit. I mean, no doubt. But we sit there on the pad like the space shuttle many times. The space shuttle weighs like 4.5 million pounds. Okay, And it, I mean, it's not even like, how can that even move? I mean, it weighs 4.5 million pounds. You can... Oh, quit telling me the science behind it. I don't need to know that. <laughs> Years you asked her science questions, she had no answers. All of a sudden, she's got all the science answers for me. Gracious. I know. <sighs> 4.5 million pounds. Now, here's the deal. This thing makes such a ruckus when it gets ready to take off that they, they actually have to flush in like 15 seconds or 20 seconds 300 gallons of water around it at the bottom as a sound suppression or else the noise will be so loud not for your ears it's not about you know it's not worried about you being over there somewhere watching this thing go up they're worried about the fact that when this thing gets ready to take off there is such a ruckus that that ruckus could actually destroy the space shuttle the sound waves are so ferocious when this thing gets ready to take off that if they don't wash them with that water, it'll start to bust that thing to pieces before it ever even gets off the platform. See, God wants to do something like that in your life. He wants to absolutely send you into another place, into another orbit. But you got to be the one who says, okay, God, I, I, I'll do it. Man. I, the Holy Spirit needs to like be, be just like on fire on the inside of you. 
Let's stand up today. Because this is, this is, I mean, you, you have the ability to do everything that God has called you to do. But do you have the courage and the boldness to do it? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.